chapter 15. We are uh, beginning to uh, launch into a series of sermons that uh, will be general in theme pertaining to the Experiencing God study. But to get the most out of your, the study of Experiencing God, you really need to be a part of a small group and uh, getting the book and going through the exercises uh, each day. And uh, it will be a, a, a study that will really be an encouragement to you as well as our church. I'm excited about going through this as a church together. So the sermons will just be kind of an encouragement, uh, general in nature, but it's not going to drive the small groups. Uh, the small groups are going to be driven through uh, the uh, interaction and the weekly studies that you are going to be uh, going through. Now, John chapter 15, uh, this is... This is the night that Jesus is uh, about to be betrayed. And he's met with his disciples in the upper room. And he has shared with them the object lesson, uh, the, what he is going to do for forgiveness of our sin. Uh, in John chapter 14, Jesus has shared that he is, uh, he is the way the truth, and the life. He is the true light. He is the true life. And, and not only is he the life, but he also goes on and tells his disciples that I am going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit who's going to be just like me, who's going to live inside you. And he's going to be there to, to um, reveal truth to you, and to empower you and to help you carry his bull to the ends of the earth. And so as he's met in that upper room, it is in Matthew chapter 26, that they then prayed together and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. And as they're going along the, the pathway to the Mount of Olives, Jesus comes by a grapevine with his disciples. And he shows them this grapevine, and he says, this is illustrating what I've conveyed to you in John chapter 14. I am the true vine. And so this morning, I want us to read verses 1 through 11 and verses 14 through 18, 15 together. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father, father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean, because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers, 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have, been ma- I have made known to you. It's spring. And this great vine is, is blooming. Leaves are on the vines. Uh, there's fruit on the vine. And things are growing. And Jesus is illustrating for the disciples that he's about to leave, but he's very concerned that they continue on in the ministry that he is handing to them. And as he's handing them, about to hand the ministry to him, he's not going to leave them alone. And he's illustrating through this vine that he and the Father it will always be with 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 with. He and the Father will always be with them. Now, I just want to point out the the participants in this grapevine analogy this morning. And there's four that uh, Jesus points out. The first is God the Father. He is the vine dresser. Church, as we go through the Experiencing God study... You're going to hear over and over again that God is always at work in all seasons of life. He is cultivating. He is pruning. He is helping the the vines bear as much fruit as possible. God is always at work. He is the vine dresser. He is the one who's overseeing it all and is very concerned about the vine attached to the branches. Not only do we see God the Father as the vine dresser, but we see Jesus being the true vine. Jesus is the one that brings life to the vine. Jesus is... Jesus is the true branch. And it's through the branch that the energy, the nutrients are come through to the vine. I'm sorry. I have grapevines at my house, and I get this confused all the time. Jesus is the true vine, and we are the branches. Okay? And through the... Th- Jesus is the branches... Jesus is the vine. <laughs> Through the vine, all the nutrients, all the, 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 the energy goes to the, the, the branches in order to produce the fruit. I'm going to mess this up all day. 
believe me, I am prepared for this message, but this, uh, this confuses me. So Jesus is the true vine. And then the third aspect of this, this analogy, this uh, illustration this morning, is the fruitless, the fruitless branch. The fruitless branch. You know, Jesus says in John 15, verse 1, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. I am the vine. I am the true vine. You know, as, as people, as, as God's creation, we have the, the ability, we have the opportunity to attach ourselves to lots of different vines. But Jesus says he is the true vine. And if we choose to attach ourselves to him, that is where the true life, that is where the way, the life, and the truth comes from. It's through Jesus alone. Now, in this illustration this morning, there's lots of branches that don't have any fruit on them. And the Bible says in verse 2 that the vine dresser takes every branch that does not bear fruit and he prunes, well, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. There are fruitless branches. Who do the fruitless branches represent? The fruitless branches represent those who pretend to believe. Those who pretend to believe. They're not real believers. They are superficial believers. And we see fruitless branches throughout Scripture. You go back to John chapter 6. Jesus had fed the 5,000. He had a multitude following him. They were following him because they were looking to Jesus for their next meal. Uh, They weren't following him because he was truly their way, their truth, and their life. No, they were looking for a handout, and Jesus knew this. And he said, listen, guys, if you're not willing to eat of my body and drink of my blood, you're not able to. To be my disciple. You're you're not able to follow me. What was Jesus saying there? Was he encouraging cannibalism? No. But what he was conveying to the people is, listen, I need to be your life. I, I need to be your everything. I need to be your all in all. And and Jesus wasn't that to them. And so the Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 66, that many left on that day. And so not not only did uh, those pretend believers leave, but the Bible also goes on to say in that same passage of Scripture, John 6, 70, that even one of the twelve was a pretend believer. Jesus said, one of you is of the devil. That was Judas himself. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, who will not enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. 
And so there's a lot of, of branches in the church who have attached themselves to the vine who are fruitless and they are not real believers. Now, some would want to say, well, what about the in me in verse 2? Jesus says in verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Doesn't that convey the idea that this person is a Christian? And that for somehow, some way, for some reason, God can, the vine dresser can take them away and, and toss them in the fire, they be burned, and they lose their salvation? Is that what this passage of Scripture is conveying? Well, I want to encourage you to look at the other five in me's in this passage of Scripture. In me is mentioned six times in verses 1 through 7. And every other time it's mentioned, it is mentioned with the verb abide. Jesus says, abide in me. And the in me at that point is modifying the verb which means it's narrowing the focus uh, and that the abiding has a specific purpose to produce fruit. That's the emphasis of this passage of Scripture. Jesus isn't emphasizing our position in Christ. Jesus is emphasizing our fruit-bearing. And we are to produce fruit. And uh, if if branches are not producing fruit, branches were never abiding in Christ in the first place. They were pretending to be believers. Some people take this text and they, they treat this as evidence for one who can lose their salvation. But when you come to texts like this, there on the surface, are difficult to interpret, it's really important that you allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. You need to look at the truth as a whole. And there are other passages in in the New Testament where Jesus says that we're not going to lose our salvation. John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father brings to me, I will certainly not Cast out, Jesus says. Jesus says in John chapter 10, uh, All all whom, whom I give eternal life to shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. And my Father, who is greater than me, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. We are in, we are safe and secure in the Father's hand. Paul in Romans chapter 8, What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. And he lists, lists a lot of different things. Nothing can separate us from his love. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So when you're dealing with a passage that appears on the surface to be in conflict with what you believe is true, you need to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. So the 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 branches whom the vine dresser is removing are the branches of those 
who merely pretended to be followers of Jesus Christ. True followers will be producing fruit. And that is the the fourth uh, part of this illustration, is the fruitful branch. God desires for our lives to produce fruit. These are some pictures of... uh, my vineyard at my house. I have three grapevines, and uh, these are various stages of uh, fruit being produced. And uh, God wants us to produce fruit, spiritual fruit in our lives. What does that spiritual fruit look like? Well, we'll be getting into that as we go through experiencing God. But for one, it's, it's sharing our faith with other people. Uh, learning to reproduce ourselves, being an encouragement to other other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. It's participating in God's work, building His kingdom. Uh, Galatians chapter five: the fruit of the Spirit, taking on the characteristics of Christ. This is this is all fruit producing, and this is something that God wants us. To be a part of our life. Now, what makes the branch fruitful? And it is abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ. Now, the pictures I showed you about of of my grapevine, you know, these are merely uh, organic and uh, and biological in nature, and it's really rather passive. There's not a whole lot that these grapes need to do other than keeping themselves attached to the branch. But when it comes to to our lives, um, abiding in Christ, it's not a passive relationship. Look at John chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. Bible says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This abiding in Christ is not a passive relationship. It is It is a reciprocal relationship. It's a relationship of obedience on our our part, but it is a friendship. It's a friendship with the vine. And so what does it mean to abide? It means that we are in partnership with God through connection with Christ. We are in partnership with Him. As we go through the Experiencing God study together, God is going to be revealing things to us. He's going to be revealing things through His Word. He's going to be revealing things through circumstances around us. Again, God is always at work. And we need to have our spiritual antennas up because God is inviting us 
to join him in his activity, in his work, through obedience. It is a partnership with him. Not only is it a partnership with him, but it's active participation without the stress of determining the results. It's active participation without the stress of determining the results. The results are left up to God. Now, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, don't we? We think that we need to come up with the results. That it's all up to us. No, and if God invites you to do something, we need to be obedient and get involved. But we need to stop looking at the end results, the end game, and just trusting God through the process, and he will determine the results. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, verse, verse five. 1 Corinthians three, verse five. You may just want to write it down and, and read it later. But the Bible says, "What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth." So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. We need to trust God for the growth. Do we have a responsibility? Absolutely. This is not a passive relationship. This is a reciprocal friendship. And we need to be aware. We need to be hearing from God. And then we need to be obedient in joining him and not get stressed over the results. It's God who is going to cause the growth. I forget about this. So, So this is where we're headed in our experiencing God study. God is always at work. You're going to hear this over and over again. God is the vine dresser. And God is working in all seasons of life. Now, in John 15, it was the spring. But we happen to be today in winter. If You know, Jesus, Jesus was crucified in the springtime. If Jesus had been walking to the Mount of Olives in, in the dead of winter, that's what these grapevines would look like. And you know, on the surface, you can look at those grapevines and you think, man, those things are dead. Why, why pay attention to them? Just pull them out. But God is very active, even in the time of dormancy. I want to just read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Listen. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up. 
what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. At a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There's a time for everything. And my friend, this morning, if God has you in a season of dormancy, if you're going through a winter in your life right now, just understand, God is still at work. He is the vine dresser. And he is cultivating the soil. He is pruning back for the growing season that's going to occur in the future. I've worked hard at preparing for this lesson this morning. I worked hard on those grapevines. You know what? God is the vine dresser. And whatever season we are in, we need to be looking to him. We need to be abiding in Christ. And asking God, if we're in a, in a season where we're confused, we're discouraged, we need to be seeking the vine dresser. The vine dresser has the wisdom. The vine dresser has the experience. I know how to cut back my vines. They may not look pretty, but it's necessary for future growth. I know how to cultivate the soil. Right now, you know what? I'm just growing itty-bitty grapes. I'm growing a lot of itty-bitty grapes. Now, I've learned a technique that I'm going to apply to the vine this springtime that hopefully will grow some bigger grapes. I know, I've heard that over and over. They don't grow big in the, in the desert. But I've learned a technique, and so I'm anxious to come back with you to tell you how that technique has worked. But know that we serve a God of great wisdom. He created the vine. He created the branches. He created the fruit. And the Bible says in James chapter 1, Verse, James chapter 1, verse 5. Well, it's in your outline. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But in order for you to have that, that wisdom, that ability to persevere, to abide, and allow God to resource you with the energy and the, the strength that you need to produce fruit, you've got to be meeting with him each and every day. And that's what experiencing God is going to encourage us to do. And as we do, 
as we want to be obedient to him. You know what? God's going to convey things to us individually and as a church about what we need to be about. And not to stress over it, but to trust him for the results. I hope that you're going to join us in this transformational study as we experience God together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have not left us alone. And that, Father, as branches, your words are to us, are to abide in you. And to trust you for the results, but, Father, to be obedient. I want to pray for those in our service this morning who may see themselves in a season of dormancy. And you've been discouraged about the lack of activity on God's part in your life. God's up to something. God's at work. If you're here and you need prayer this morning, I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand? Let me see who that person is. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else who needs prayer this morning? All right. Thank you. Father, I pray that these would would see that, that, Lord, you are at work in their life. Lord, they may not understand, and it, it may be winter in their soul right now. But God, I pray that you would encourage them to continue to abide in you. God, I pray that through this experiencing God emphasis and the daily disciplines, that Lord, you just remind them of how much you love them, that you've got a plan and a purpose in everything that you do. God, be their confidence, be their strength, be their wisdom as they seek you.